Therapy Chat Podcast, episode 129. This is the Therapy Chat Podcast with Laura Reagan, LCSWC. The information shared in this podcast is not a substitute for seeking help from a licensed mental health professional. And now, here's your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today I'm bringing you an interview with someone who I really enjoy talking to. My guest today is Xanthia Johnson of Urban Playology. Xanthia has a master's in counseling and she is a licensed clinical professional counselor in Maryland and a licensed professional counselor in DC, as well as a registered play therapist and supervisor. And she has an attachment certification. She focuses her work on working with unique families, people who are impacted by domestic violence, survivors of traumatic grief and loss. She uses trauma-focused integrative play therapy, which sounds very cool. And she works with LGBTQ youth, couples, and families, and helps people address pervasive attachment and developmental trauma issues. So Xanthia works in a way that is very closely aligned with how I practice. She's an expressive arts therapist and a very unique person who I am honored to be interviewing again today after we had our first interview on creating a safe space for all the parts of ourselves. I can't believe that was actually more than a year ago, last February. And you can listen to our interview, our first interview in episode 73. But today, Xanthia and I are talking about the issues of 
representation and privilege while using the story of Black Panther, the wildly successful movie that is still in theaters now as of this March 2018. So settle in for a conversation that I hope will inspire you, challenge you, and give you something to think about that you might not have thought about in this way before. Here is my interview with Xanthia Johnson. Hi, welcome back to Therapy Chat. Today, I'm so happy to bring back a guest who I had a wonderful conversation with. I think it was all the way back last year, but she's back again, and I hope she'll come back in the future. Today, I'm talking with Xanthia Johnson. Xanthia, thank you so much for coming back on Therapy Chat today. Thank you for having me, Laura. I'm so happy that we could do it. So today, being part of Social Work Month, our last episode of Social Work Month, even though you're not a social worker, our conversation today is about kind of social justice and culture and how what we see in the media reflects how we see ourselves and others. And we wanted to start off by talking about the movie Black Panther. That's right. Well, I think this is just an amazing film. I think it's a great place for us to start because the film has earned such critical acclaim. I don't want to spoil it. Should we tell folks a little bit about what, what the film is or what, what do you think we should do more? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I confess, although I fully intend to see it, I haven't seen it yet, but I know what it's about. But if you can tell kind of some of the themes without giving away any, you know, big surprises, if that's possible. Well, Black Panther is a film about T'Challa, who is the ruler of an African nation called Wakanda. And it's time for him to take his rightful place as king over that uh, nation of Wakanda. And in the process, it really chronicles his experience, his journey of struggle and of triumph to become the king and to seal the fate of the nation of Wakanda. So Wakanda is not a real African country, we know. Is this movie, is it set in present day time? Is it more of a like sci-fi? I know it's a superhero movie. Yeah, I would say it is definitely sci-fi and futuristic. So there's that, you'll get that feel from the film, for sure. Okay. And so Black Panther, how does Black Panther fit in with the the kingdom's story? Sure. So T'Challa is the Black Panther. Okay. And so he gets tested and he gets drawn into all this conflict and there's all this treachery and danger that ensues. And then he finds his way back to the throne of, of being the king of Wakanda. That, but that's after all of those life experiences happen. Okay. And so Black Panther is part of the, what is it, the Justice League? 
That's right. <laughs> I'm not really up on all the superheroes, but I, when I was a kid, I, I was into them, but I haven't followed like all the, the different ones. Like I, I don't know, like if Iron Man is part of it or something like, I don't know all those things, but um, this movie obviously stands alone. Am I right? It does. It does. And as a, as a woman of color, as an expressive artist of color, as a psychotherapist of color, what I notice is that there are themes. The main theme for me is one of empowerment for people of color, for black people. And it's an important theme given where, where our society is and how people are generally feeling about the climate, the emotional safety of our political climate. And so I think the timing of this film is really apropos. I think the, the, the content of this film is, is very moving and it's empowering. And this film is just dope. I, I have no other, no other words. I'm trying to be, you know, politically correct. I just need It's just dope. dope. It's yeah. just dope. It's just dope. You know, I'm thinking of my nephew, Dante. What's up, man? <laughs> hey, Dante. I hope you're listening. <laughs> Thank you for stopping him out. He'll appreciate that over in East Atlanta. And I think of Dante's experience. You know, I got to see the film with him and just how important it, it is for our children to be able to see positive images of themselves and to be able to see their future depicted on the screen. It's sending a message that they can be kings and queens. They can be whatever they want to be. And... He is so into the film. Everything he talks about these days is about Black Panther. It's about T'Challa or, or you know, Wakanda forever. And so it's given him an opportunity to plug into his identity as that we know as therapists, that's important for people to have a sense of identity. That identity impacts attachment. It impacts relationships. And if you don't know who you are, you can't really connect to yourself or to the world. And so for people of color, this film is really giving us an opportunity to say, wait a minute, okay, this is where I am. Where do I want to be? Who do I want to be? And that is the answer for most of us is that I, I want to be an empowered, contributing member of society. Oh my gosh. I mean, there's so many amazing points in what you just said. And it gives me chills to think about Dante watching the film and so many stories of kids who are children who are black or people of color, just going to a movie and being able to see people who look like them on the screen. I mean, what, I guess it's hard to even really realize what that could mean to someone without thinking about what it means to go to the movies and never to see anybody who looks like you, unless they're the bad guy. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The villain, the villain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, when I, when I was in the film, sitting in the film, what I noticed is that there were families that were dressed as if they were from Wakanda. Oh, cool. And they had, <laughs> I mean, little children 
and parents wearing the same color dashiki or what have you uh, with the actual markings on their faces and to be in in the theater amongst people who had their heads wrapped and who were literally embodying the messaging of the film I felt like I was out of place I was like wait a minute how did I not were we supposed to dress up for this (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get the memo I was like oh darn it you know I wish I had you know dressed up and I love the fact that people that it that it gave people an experience. It gave families of color to have that. Give, it gave them an opportunity to have that experience, which was also to another another manifestation of the dopeness of this film. Like that's that's really what it came down to. And even when I think about like Dante, you know, he's an amazing soul, and he actually created a video on YouTube about respect. Seven oh. years old. Yeah. Wow. And the video has quite a few views. And, you know, as an auntie, it resonates in one way. As, as a professional, it resonates on a whole different level because that means to me that something about the messaging that he's receiving about from the media shows that he understands that media representation is important, that he, he wants to be a part of it, and there's a place for him. And for a young person of color to know that there's a place for them, that's huge. Again, so many things about what you just said. I mean, first of all, I hope we can maybe link to Dante's video in in the show notes so that people who are listening can check it out because he sounds like a really cool kid. (laughs) Okay, thank you. He He would like that a lot, I'm sure. If he's okay with it, of course, and if his parents are okay with it. But, you know, and you talked about being an expressive arts therapist, and I'm just thinking, and please, you know, I use expressive arts too, but I may be missing something. But I feel like, of course, film is an expressive art. And the story and the message, the themes of this movie that are so powerful for people and just the larger cultural message of how a movie that has a main character and all of the main characters I believe are black, that this movie is something that people want to see, need to see, can make billions, billions, I said with a B of dollars in the, at the box office. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, you know, as therapists, even being able to ask clients if they've seen the film, being able to, see the film ourselves, I personally believe that clients plug into our energy. And so they they know whether we've seen the film or whether we even give credence to the film, you know, or acknowledge what the film means if we haven't seen it, you know, and do we care about it? Do we value it? Or do we just that's right. Be unaware of the importance of this moment that's in our right. culture. I think they know that. I think they they know that. Yeah. I think they know that. And they're sensing and they're they're watching and looking. Do you get me? That's right. And so it is our job to make sure that we get clients. You know, I think sometimes we we're 
you know, we're, we're so busy and we know that we were called to this work. I do think that times like this is an opportunity to, to slow down a bit and to reflect in a way that's helpful, that's not shaming and that's, that's supportive and gentle to say, you know, where am I? You know, how are our clients experiencing me and, and how are they experiencing the work that we're doing together? And am I really seeing them? You know, so, you know, even in your clinical supervision, to make sure you ask or encourage your, your supervisees to reflect on race, class, and gender, right, of their clients. So much, you know, you know, you sometimes you just assume you don't realize that you're assuming you're assuming that you're assuming and it's so unconscious, you know, mm -hmm. of an experience of, you know, what is the race, class and gender? Do I know and how what assumptions am I making and how am I finding out because race, culture, ethnicity are not always what you see on the surface. That's right. That's right. You know? And I think clients really appreciate being given the opportunity to say and name who they are, where they come from, where they want to be. I think they really appreciate that. And energetically, vibrationally, when they say that, when they share that with another human being, a, a supportive human being that's sitting right there in front of them, it gets into their bones. It gets yeah. into their bones. It's like a deep level of attunement mm -hmm. if you not only ask the questions, you know, which is one level of attunement to, to even ask, but also that you care about that, that you see that there's, that is part of who they are and you want to know who they really are, all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which I have to say, I have to say something, Xanthia, um, that I... I just like left a space. I missed something when I said how race, ethnicity, and culture are not apparent, just apparent by what you see in front of you, but also the same is very true of gender identity and sexual identity. Mm -hmm. It is very important to ask people, um, you know, at, at Urban Playology, we work with outliers, unique families, and LGBTIQUA folk. And it is very important, even on our assessment forms and on our intake forms, to ask, how would you, what would you like to be called when, you, when you're here? What gender pronouns do you recognize? Mm -hmm. if, you know, uh, especially when we think about the gender diverse community and the gender malconforming community who may not be in the bodies that who may be in the bodies that they're in right now. We as psychotherapists want to make sure they know we are allies, you know? So if one week a client comes in with this name and the next week that's what, they, they have a new name, then I can practice honoring that. Of course I want to know what you, what you answer to, you know, that's part of your identity. So if this week you're Joanne and next week you're, Timmy, okay, let's let's work with that, you know, and let's let's be open mm -hmm. to what how that's going to support clients. 
Whereas if we make assumptions based on what we see in front of us or the given name that's on their insurance card, that you may be, as a therapist, missing a very important part of who they are. And if you don't give them a chance to tell you, how can they feel safe? And that safety is such an important foundation for the work that we do. If the clients don't feel safe with us, how they're going to work through their trauma, you know, and it's, you know, we assume we know because we were drawn to the work, know that we are safe. Uh, but we, we also too have to recognize that they don't always feel safe, even though they're in therapy and it's supposed to be a safe place. They don't, people don't always feel safe. It takes a while for people to feel safe in therapy, you know, and, um, you know, I just think back or reflect on situations where, you know, maybe I was, you know, in the doctor's office or what have you. I was on the other side of things. And I always really appreciate the providers who really see you and who really listen to you and who say, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do my best to help you feel better. And who leave you with the gift of hope. After every session, clients should feel like there's some hope. You know, that's, that helps them feel more comfortable in their too. Absolutely. Therapists, we've all had that moment. You wake up in the middle of the night. Oh my gosh, did I do my notes? Well, you don't have to worry about that anymore when you use therapy notes. Therapy notes makes it easy to write your notes, get them done quickly, but thoroughly. My group practice has used therapy notes for six years and everyone always finds it easy to use. But the best thing is if you do need help, you can call their customer service number and a person answers the phone. And anytime I've ever had to use it, which is maybe three times in the past six years, my issue has been resolved easily with a cheerful demeanor in 15 minutes or less. So I highly recommend therapy notes. And don't forget, go to therapynotes.com and use promo code chat to get two free months. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. You know, and you're, as we're talking about safety, I'll remind our audience for anyone who missed it that we, in our first conversation here on Therapy Chat, we did talk about creating a safe space in the therapy room. You know, of course, it's the therapist's responsibility to create that safe container and how we do it. And, and we talked about this more in depth, but, you know, I remember we talked then too about the the fact that we, as therapists, we know, quote unquote, that we're safe. We're, we assume that we're safe, but if we're safe or not is really in the client's perception, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you we have to be say real fast. You are the bomb. <laughs> you are the bomb, too. <laughs> well, thank you. You really are the bomb, you know, because... 
you really get it. Thanks. I try. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to be self-aware. I don't get it right every time, but I'm at least trying, and that's all we can all do. That's right. And that's enough, actually, in the grand scheme of things. You know, your, your effort, your best effort, your most genuine effort gets you to the next place. Thank you. Well, it's, it's really um, important that the therapists who are listening ask themselves, I think, you know, do I care about Black Panther? Do I understand what it means in this moment in our culture? Do I really get what is happening in our culture and how people who are not white might be experiencing it? Um, and I'll, of course, say if I'm a therapist who's not white, I, I probably have a very clear personal experience of what it can be like. And yet even, you know, all of us are made up of our experiences and whether we're whatever our culture, whatever our ethnicity, level of privilege, class, gender identity, physical ability, you know, whatever our differences, we are all worthy of the same amount of love, respect, and not everyone is receiving that in our culture right now. And that's a real problem. And, and, you know, I feel like this movie, which even though I haven't seen it, I've been reading about it. I feel like it's, it's a powerful piece in speaking to groups who've been either ignored or just straight up, you know, oppressed, even, even now. We think that, you know, the civil rights movement is over and we had a black president, but no, there are, you know, groups of people who do not have equal opportunity now today in the United States, and we have to address that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, you know, I'll share that, you know, when it came to me in my meditation to birth urban theology, the odds were really stacked against me, mm. it seemed, you know, because there, I was doing something that I had never seen anyone do before. And it was tough, you know, and what was driving me was the belief in the mission and the thriving community that we now have here in D.C. in the D.C. metro area. You know, we have people coming from all over to experience our supreme embrace and our transformative psychotherapy and you know it was so important for me to keep going you know because I would see people who had the same level of experience seem to grow their practices or grow their endeavors because it seemed that maybe they had access to resources that I didn't you know, urban playology is a bootstrapped endeavor, and I'm proud of it. You know, we don't owe a bank. And not to say that anyone who has taken that route took the wrong route. It's been by default <laughs> that we've been. It's not because you didn't want to owe a bank, necessarily. <laughs> Which I can relate to. <laughs> we, you know, we had pay with debt if you will loan me some money. <laughs> We got our hustle on over here, you know, and I'm proud of it. You know, I, I can tell you that it was, it's been challenging to see that. And then, and then what it does is it, it, 
It makes you more committed to your cause. It helps you get access to the resources that you're meant to be connected with. And then it, it's such an exercise in faith and love because when you're doing something from your heart, only good things will come from that. And that has really been my experience. You know, we've, we've grown our sacred art making groups have grown and we have people coming all the way from Northern Virginia, all the way from New York, all the way from Baltimore and recently China to experience our, our approach. And I am just so grateful. We've had people even from California, you know, travel, so, you know, I know that we are onto something and I'm just so grateful to be able to have a conversation with someone who actually sees me and who actually hears me. And it gives me the courage to bring that into my, my therapy work and to my consulting work and to every facet of my life. You know, so I really just want to thank you, Laura, for taking the time to, to, to chat about this important film and the importance of media and importance of being seen and being heard and being felt, that attunement. People of color are, are very acutely aware, in my experience, of when you really see them and when you really feel them, when you really hear them. And we always appreciate it. Well, that's beautifully said, and I'm glad that you've experienced our conversation that way. I certainly value you. I see you, and I see you so far as much as I know you, and I want to know more and know you better, but I see what beautiful things you're doing and the special gifts that you bring to your work that the people who need what you have to offer are saying, oh, thank goodness someone is doing this. Thank goodness I'll come from China and I'll come from California, Baltimore and Northern Virginia and everywhere else, I hope, to, to get what it, some of what it, urban playology is, is doing because it matters. And, you know, and I just want to say, again, for the people who are listening, therapists and people who aren't therapists but might be, you know, looking for therapy or thinking about therapy. First of all, it matters that the people who need what you have, this is to the therapist, it matters that they can find that you're there and that you create what they are needing. And it matters that people don't find what they need and that they don't have the experience or that they have bad experiences with therapists not seeing them and not getting them and it can really uh, first of all it does a lot of harm mm -hmm. and it can it can be extremely discouraging and you know we all do the best we can with what we're working with but as therapists we do have a responsibility to make it our business to know who the people are who are needing our services and to take the time and be attuned to them and which also means we have to be attuned to ourselves because if we're not, we're not going to see what the client is bringing to us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're going to feel that and that's going to be, that's going to hurt them and that's going to affect how much they're going to trust going to therapy. So you know what, um, I appreciate what you're sharing, Laura, because what 
I would love to see our listeners do is I would love for them to set an intention. And I would love to invite them to set that intention by writing it down on a note card and setting an alarm in their phone for every morning, every midday, and every evening. Whatever the intention is around whatever natural intention that comes up for them. This is the expressive artist in me. <laughs> you know, whatever intention comes up for them as a result of their, of their listening to us and spending time with us in this podcast, to write it down, to set an alarm on your phone, on your device, mobile device, to really bring that intention into their work. And I can guarantee you it's going to be soul-shifting if they do it for 30 days, 30 days straight, 30 days of setting that intention. If you can't do 30 days, five days, whatever you can do, we'll take it. But to just see what will shift in your practice and in, your, in what you're seeing in your clients as you more intentionally bring that intention into your practice. And let us know what happens. We, we can't wait to hear. Yeah, you can holler at me on SpeakPipe, which you can get to through my website. And there's all that information is on therapychatpodcast.com. <laughs> that's, and I'm at, and Xanthia is at Xanthia at urbanplayology.com. So you can shoot me an email um, or, or check us out at, at urbanplayology.com. That's our website. We just found out that we've had over 100,000 views to the website. Congratulations. Great. Um, so I know we're on to something and we're going to keep building. And we'd love to hear what people are doing to make sure that their clients feel seen and heard, especially their clients of color. Yeah. I hope we can come back and maybe, you know, depending on what kind of responses come, maybe we can revisit that in a future episode with some either recordings or of people calling in about that, or maybe people are like, I don't even know where to start. What, how do I, how do I make myself more culturally aware? And, um, you know, there's a lot to say about that, but I'll say real briefly that, you know, for white people who want to become more culturally aware, it's very important to listen to the voices of people of color but don't expect them to do the emotional heavy lifting for you because this is your work to do. We all have work to do. And there are many ways to learn more about how to be more culturally aware without, you know, every black person, you know, having to explain to you why racism matters, how oppression works, systemic injustice, inequality, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you know what, Laura, I think that if you think, if you look at where we are as a society, we've got the Me Too movement, we've got the Black Lives Matter, the All Lives Matter movement, we have a lot of movements that we as therapists are, you know, our practice is being impacted by those, those movements, whether it's consciously or unconscious. And so it, now is a really good time for us to reflect and supportively manifest the social justice that brought us into this work in the first place, you know, so that we're building, building our foundation in a meaningful way. 
I just feel like we're being invited. You know, we're really being invited. I agree a hundred percent. It's, it's a, this is a time when things are changing and we can all change with it. And there are many, many ways to do that. I'll, I'll probably revisit this on a future episode to give people some resources and suggestions. Not that I know everything by any means. And I'll, I'll take your suggestions too. If people want to email me, call in on SpeakPipe or Xanthia, anything you might want to suggest, you know, I'm, I'm open. And I'm just really grateful to you, Xanthia, for coming back on to Therapy Chat. And I know we're going to have to talk more about all of this, basically, because we barely scratch the surface today and there's so much to say. But I value what you're doing and your voice. I'm so grateful to you. Thank you so much, Laura. And ditto, ditto, ditto. It's an amazing, it's an amazing thing when you find your life's work and we just keep building on it. We just, we just gonna keep, keep this thing going here. Beautiful. Thank you so much for listening to my interview with Xanthia Johnson of Urban Playology. I think Xanthia is super dope, <laughs> as she said about me. I don't necessarily describe myself as dope, but I appreciate being recognized in her view that way. I think this was a really important conversation, and I hope that you found it thought-provoking. I will post some resources in the show notes. I kind of started a conversation over on my Laura Reagan LCSWC Facebook page about privilege and how white people who want to be true allies can learn more about racism, oppression, privilege, and anybody who wants to learn more about those topics can feel free to visit that page and review the resources listed there and maybe add some of your own, what's been helpful for you. We can all learn and grow. We all need each other. We must embrace one another's differences as what makes us all unique and interesting. So until next time, thanks so much for listening to Therapy Chat. And as Xanthia and I mentioned, please do contact her or me with suggestions, comments, and we would love to hear from you and maybe we will bring them together in a future episode. Also, I put the link to Xanthia's nephew Dante's YouTube video in the show notes as well. Thanks so much. Try Therapy Notes, the number one rated electronic health record system available today. With live telephone support seven days a week, it's clear why Therapy Notes is rated 4.9 out of 5 stars on Trustpilot and has a 5-star rating on Google. Therapy Notes makes billing, scheduling, note-taking, and telehealth incredibly easy. And now for all you prescribers out there, Therapy Notes is proudly introducing ePrescribe. Try it today with no strings attached and see why everyone is switching to Therapy Notes, now featuring ePrescribe. You can get two months free by using promo code CHAT at therapynotes.com. Trauma Therapist Network is a website to learn about trauma and how it shows up in our lives and to find a trauma therapist. Go to traumatherapistnetwork.com to find a trauma therapist near you today.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Thank you for listening to Therapy Chat with your host, Laura Reagan, LCSWC. For more information, please visit therapychatpodcast.com.